Welcome, everyone, to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is... Anthony. Anthony. Good evening, everyone. Good to be here. Yeah. Well, good I thought you were going to... Huh? It's like, good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah. I thought you were going to do the Tony thing and just... Blah, 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 blah. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Uh, that, that's been that's been refreshing that he's not been on the show uh, these last... I'm kidding, Tony. He's probably over there mad. I'm messing with you, man. I'm messing with you. But, you know, you'll catch him on the Friday night... Uh, unfortunately, he'll be on Friday night and Sunday night with me on the live stream, sitting across from me, looking all weird with his dog, yeah. um, with his little cockeyed dog banjo. And uh, but I lo- we love banjo. He's he's cool. yeah, he's a sweetheart. I mean, you know, he could be a little bit bigger. I mean, I'm not into little dogs. We could, we could protect the house or something. But I mean, instead he just <laughs> warns you. To be, he doesn't, you know, Ernie. He doesn't do anything. He just like warns you if something's there, then he runs and hides. Yeah, he's not. Oh, no. He's not a tough guy at all. I got, a, I got a Jack Russell that's helped us take fourteen coyotes. Well, Jack Russells Ooh. though are terriers. I, I had, yeah. yeah, yeah. They their their mental capacity is they think they're giants. Mm-hmm. You know, they they'll go after anything, anything. <laughs> I had a little little fox terrier, and he was something yeah. else, man. He was a cool dog, but somebody eventually somebody broke into my house, and they you know. Uh. Yeah, I guess he tried yeah. to stop him or whatever, and they took care of him. That's really a sad That's thing. That was was a horrible thing that happened when I was like 13 years old, man. Somebody broke in my house. And not only that, but they stole my baseball card collection. Oh, no. Yeah, bless you. So so here's what we got going, folks. Check out, check us out on, Par- on Paranormal Roundtable in the group on Facebook. You can get a lot of cool stories on there. I know I do, and I, and I interact with a lot of people, and I interact a lot on there. Also, uh, Josh Wolf Turner, the Paranormal Roundtable fan page, and then check out the Holistic Healing page that's run by Nellie, and also the prayer group, which is predominantly run by her, and then her own page, Paranormal Lounge. And uh, send me messages through uh, Paranormal Round, Josh Turner at PRTPodcast.com, or you can send it to me through Messenger. Also, Josh Turner 940 on Instagram. The other thing we got to talk about is the Patreon. If you want to be a supporter, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 tiers. The 10 is it takes two months and then you get your swag back. 20 is automatic. You get an autographed book with either one of those. And then the 30, it goes up. We up the ante. You get two autographed books. And then the $40 tier, same thing. You get two autographed books, except one of them is one of my books. And then if you want both of my books, you can get the $50 tier. And I'll send you a couple books from my friends. Uh, like I said before, Chad Lewis, Barton Nunley, Ken Gerhard, Lyle Blackburn, uh, Nick Redfern, David Weatherly. Bunch of different people. Uh, books, books, books. So I have a lot of friends who are authors and do this. And I know a lot of people and I get their autographs. If you are from Britain... Two different people. You can get Paul Sinclair's book, Deborah Hatswell, or you can get both of them if you're on the $50 tier. So don't hesitate to, to join. If you're from Britain, you can still uh, join, and we will um, take care of you. Thank you for, for uh, your patronage and everybody that tunes in and listens. Now, don't forget, Fridays and Sundays, we have the uh, live stream. It's a YouTube exclusive. So if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple or, or what else do we got? What are we on? Yeah, uh, we're on. I think we're on Google Play, whatever Google, it's called. We're on Go- every platform. Google on something. There's like 15 platforms. Yeah, Stitcher, TuneIn. We have thousands I think of listeners. iHeartRadio, whatever, all that stuff. We try to get everybody to come to YouTube, but they're like, nah. You know, they just yeah. But you know, it's it's cool because you can interact with me on YouTube on the Fridays and the Sunday live streams. That's a way to talk to the other other listeners, fans, whatever, and then you can talk to me. 
and uh, I'll read your chat, and sometimes we'll talk, and sometimes we even let people call into the show, like we did last, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we'll have people that that call in, and you know, that aren't the scheduled guests, and sometimes we'll we retell stories on Sundays, and Tuesday is the one hour uh, podcast, always the retelling of someone's encounters, and then. Thursday, we have the guest, which is what we're doing tonight with Ernie DeVoe. So without further ado, let's get Ernie back in gear here. Ernie, so last, when we were talking last Thursday, you were, you were we had to stop there kind of on a cliffhanger. You want to continue yeah. with that? Um, yeah, I think we were talking about um, the possibilities of them being able to, uh, um, I don't want to say dematerialize, I'd rather say walk through the veil. Yeah. You know, in between being solid and in between not. And I think we were we we're also included the, the movie with Morgan Freeman, Lucy. On oh, yeah. That. And the ability to um, use or access the mind to 30 percent, you know, where the human is only, I, I believe, 10 percent, something like that. And dolphins are 20 percent. And what does happen, it comes out in the movie when when you can access 25, 30 percent of your mind. Um, let's say that they can do that. That would, that would explain a lot of things. You know, there's also, uh, Ron Moorhead thinks along those lines of the quantum physics. And there was a guy in, in, uh, Flash of Beauty. I think you're, you're aware of that Flash of Beauty. His name is, uh, Henry. Um, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not sure of his last name, but he's been living with, uh, in the Indian community for the past uh, 27, 30 years. And so he has quite a story on there that deals with the quantum physics that he believes is also there too, which really uh, opens up your eyes. Like when people are seeing some of these orbs, I mean, if you're in a haunted house that you know about Josh, you, you see orbs and everything. Well, what's to say that uh, we don't have uh a lot of Indian burial grounds out there because we do. And these orbs are really um, ghosts of dead Native Americans or, you know, colonists or even the Sabe, the, the Sasquatch people themselves. What's to say that's not something that's really going on? And that's why we're seeing these orbs and that, you know, to see maybe a UFO around them just maybe coincidental in, in a way even though we understand those of so those of us that know understand there's no such thing as a coincidence on anything everything happens for a reason so like you were saying josh um you know a report that you got that they actually shot it and it just looked like dust coming mm -hmm. off of it or out the other side of it was it was it them being able to uh, uh alter their they're 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 being walking through the veil, you know. It could very well be for those of us that've seen, like you yourself, Josh. We're in no position to say that something is not possible. I believe that there's a, a lot of possibilities out there at this time. It's like solving one mystery at a time. First, you have to. It's like if you had a flat tire in your car. You know, you got to you got to fix that flat tire. Well, you, you're gonna wait for three more flat tires before before you fix the first one and figure out what's going on. You work on one thing at a time, you know, and, and figure out what's going on with that. And once you have a uh, substantial proof of that, then you, then you 
take another step forward, um, it, it could very well be that the reason why they um, stopped trading with Native Americans was just because of the fact of their their spirituality being at, on a higher plane than ours, you know, and how we just turned against each other and decided that, well, we're going to, you know, trade weapons and kill beaver and, you know, sell beaver furs for money and everything instead of just living off the land. Could that be why they no longer um, uh, are no longer around people as much as they were because they don't really trust us? I have several friends who are Native American and they all have stories of how they used to trade, that their their nation used to trade with them. You know, and you find that even historically in the Ohio Valley area, you know, with the with the first uh, peoples of the whole Ohio Valley, and the um, skeletons will go into that. You know, you you got eight foot plus skeletons. You know that, that they're calling the at the Hopewell Mounds, and uh, you know, there you can go right into that. But it, it's ironic that those skeletons are the same size. You know, so what was going on there? I think that they're very highly spiritual uh, beings, and they they can walk through that veil if they choose to do that. You know, it's just one of the things they can do, um, which would substantiate that they, like you were saying earlier last week, that um, they need meat, they eat meat, they do other things, drink water, whatever. This just uh, a thing that they can do. You know, to, if they're being pursued, totally disappear. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and I don't, I don't know to what extent, you know, they're able to do these things, and like, because you know, we you, you you hear about them having young too, like like youngsters, but you hear Dogman with that too. But the, the the overwhelming majority of reports, in particular with Dogman, there's just this weird, sinister presence about it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. when we were talking with Deborah Hatswell, she was talking about. She didn't go into details on that case, but uh, she, in, in, at least not not you know not as of the recording of this right here. But but I just she said something about this dog man had footprints that had gone right up to her backyard, and then they stopped. But you get that with these Bigfoot too, and like I got a report out of Wyoming, not Wyoming, uh, Montana, where a Bigfoot had was was with it was one big one and one was obviously a juvenile. It had to be. It was too small. It's like five foot tall. It was a little bitty, and the the footprints just stopped under a tree, and they went out there and they, when they went behind a tr- like a clump of trees, but the one tree they were behind it was not big enough to hide them, and then the footprints stopped right there, you know, in the snow, and there was light snow on the ground. You know, it was late uh, late fall. And this rancher, he just, you know, that's all that happened. I mean, he didn't have any other encounters or anything, but he he said they looked sickly. But the fact that they went behind a tree and disappeared. Now, it, it, what causes a Bigfoot to look like it's ill and have like what looks like a young with it? It looked like a female with a youngster. But then they were able to just go behind a, a tree. And as they rode up on, on ATVs, two people, these two brothers, they, it was gone. You know, but I mean, one of my colleagues, Josh Cutchins, he he wrote uh, where the the footprints end. You know, and that's a that's a it's basically a kind of like my book. You know, Bigfoot phenomena, and I think I think actually I think Josh's book isn't it called the Bigfoot phenomena? Like, 
Yeah, I think it's either subtitled "The Bigfoot Phenomenon" or it's like "Where the Big uh, the Bigfoot Phenomenon Where the Footprints End," something like that. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> called, it's called the uh, the Bigfoot Phenomena or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, jo- and Josh is a good friend of mine. I mean, I just you know was was kind of teasing him. I said because it's called "Where the the Footprints End: High Strangest and the Bigfoot Phenomena." Josh Cutchin. So when when Josh when when I talked to him about that book, I said, dude, I'm sorry. I named my book, the Bigfoot phenomena. I didn't even think about it. And Josh is a good guy. He didn't even care. He was just like, whatever. But my other friend, Josh Nanokia was teasing me. He's like, you know, Josh is going to sue you. Cause you, you. <laughs> and so uh, Josh Nanokia is a big, he likes to, to, right. to ham it up and clown around. So I messaged Cutchin. I said, dude, you're not going to sue me. Right. I just, I'm, I made a mistake and I didn't realize your book was, I said, I was taking the bad advice from Ken Gerhard. Blame him. He's the man that did it. He caused me to name it that. He was like, what about this? And the first one I shot down, and then I came up with Bigfoot Phenomena, and Ken, I think, and Barton and David were all like, yeah, 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 that's a good name. That's a good title. We were all like brainstorming. I'm I'm blessed to have really good friends in my life that have helped me with this endeavors of writing and doing yeah. all this. And they were like, that's a good title. And Sibylla Irwin, really, really wonderful person, did the artwork and it was Charles Hamill. That was his encounter in 1976 and a dam in Oklahoma, the picture on the Bigfoot phenomena. And the book is available on Amazon if anybody's interested. But that 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 picture, and I remember Jerry Williams was like, hey, you took that picture. For, and me and Barton kind of got into it with Jerry. And so once I calmed Jerry down, Jerry's a Choctaw native, uh, actually really uh-huh. nice guy. He wrote Big The Predator, Bigfoot, and the Spiritual Warriors Path, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. And so I, I messaged him. I said, hey, look, man, we're on the same team here. Let's talk. And he was kind of apprehensive at first. And then eventually he ended up coming down and, uh, and, nice. uh, and visiting. And- this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And just tell you, and so my wife's messaging me to see if I'm okay. I'm not okay, but I'm, I'm healthy. Yeah, I got, the same, I got the same thing, same thing here, right now. But uh, let, let me pick your brain for a second here, and, and, and I know you know Martin Groves. Oh yeah, right? good friend of mine. Well, you know, I, I've listened to his account several times, and uh, I was just talking to one of his friends about a week ago. Now, let, let me know what you think of this here. Um, I've been finding from listening to some of these accounts that there's a bit of a connection between this dog man and. Sasquatch mm-hmm. and and what I yeah I know and and and, and it it took me a second to keep that bias out of there on, on, on that but I came across a couple of things and one of them one of them and, and it's, it's it's out there you know but uh, in India um, monkeys actually will kidnap puppies I don't know if you're aware of that at all they kidnap puppies and they actually keep keep the puppies and the pu- and they feed the puppies. So that the puppies actually protect them, warn them of danger that's coming and stuff. Now, I know in Martin Grove's story, he heard two whistles, mm-hmm. one behind him and one in front of him. Now, that either tells us that, you know, the dog man can whistle, which I don't know, but I do know that the Sasquatch can. And I do know that in several other encounters, 
the Sasquatch has been seen around at the same time as these dogmen have been seen. Now, they've also said they've heard what they thought were clacking rocks. A lot of dog trainers, they use a clicker mm-hmm. to train to train the dogs. I'm just throwing it out there to get opinions from people. And what if, we'll call it that, what if that there really is some type of a connection where they're using them to maybe run deer, herd deer towards them, help them out. And in return, they're helping them out. <clears throat> yeah, know, I mean, their 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 territories overlap. We know that because yeah, when when I started doing this, it was me and my brother, and my brother, he can't talk real good, <clears throat> which apparently I can't right now either. But he can't talk real good because unfortunately, my brother was stabbed in the throat. I mean, oh. I haven't told people that. <laughs> Right. But uh, my no. brother had literally was stabbed in the throat. He was actually helping. They were beating up a guy. Oh. And probably would the guy would have died, I'm sure. But my brother ended up uh, trying to be a good Samaritan. He tried to help the yep. guy. And he got stabbed. Um, but the guy that stabbed him ended up with a broken back. So, you know. Right. Uh, and that was right. me. <laughs> I had to step <laughs> in and, and basically just cold cocked the guy and knocked him over a bridge. He lived, you know, but the police were just like unsympathetic toward the guy. But anyway, long story short, my brother and me, we started this together, but I, I'm, I'm the one that talks. He's, he's got a real rough voice. It's messed up because of what happened. And so he, he's, it's fortunate that he can even talk at all. But, um, like I, I'm the one that can talk, I can talk. And so we, we would always thought about, you know, like maybe writing or doing, you know, something. My brother was a good writer, you know, he's, a, yeah. he's been published several times with poetry. That was his thing. Beautiful. And then my thing, you know, I always thought maybe I'm going to write, but all my fingers have been busted from, from, you know, all the, the fighting and things that I did, yeah. you know, training. And so I decided, you know, look, I'm just going to hang on to all these stories I've collected and who knows one day. And so I, I thought maybe yeah. I'll use this dragon speak, but then podcasting became a thing. And then yeah. my friend Armando talked me into doing a podcast, him and my wife and my brother, they were all kind of instrumental in getting me to do it. And then of course, Anthony sitting here with me, he was another one. And so right. we finally did it. And here we are today. But you know, my brother and I had, we, we made a map together years ago of the devil's backbone here in Texas. And we did like push pins, the red ones for Dogman, the blue ones for Bigfoot. Mm. And, overwhelmingly on one end, which would be the east end, was Bigfoot. And then overwhelmingly on the west end was Dogman. But then there was this this spattering of reports like kind of intermingled in the middle with which was Dogman and Bigfoot. And in particular, this one area, this this uh, area they call the Haunted Valley, people would see both. But then you get this weird, like this plethora of ghost activity and coming off of Purgatory Road, which is where people see a black dog by the cemetery and then this black goat man creature, I actually saw one of three times in my life I've seen the same BB looking thing in the sky that looked like an orb, but it was like silver. I think it's a UFO type thing. But I saw it coming off of the end of uh, Purgatory Road going on to Ranch Road 12. And I was with my wife. Of course, she was asleep. And then Anthony and Tony were in the back and they were asleep because we were coming back from the coast. And I was like, hey, hey, hey. And then by the time everybody woke up, it was gone. But it was just this thing in the sky. And and I just, that, it, why is that area so full of all this activity? I don't know. But the, the dog man and the Bigfoot, they do overlap. But we have gotten encounters 
from people multiple times of them fighting, not just fighting with one another, but fighting with other things, other phenomena out there. Um, but then you do get stories of them working together. Now, Barton Nelly, we were mentioning him earlier. If you get to Barton's story, like he, the Spotsville monster, he needs to hurry up and write that book. But he was, you know, he's been working on it. But I think it's going to be very telling in the way that there were two different types of creatures. One looked very ape-like. The other one looked kind of like a dog man, but the ears, the, the ears didn't stand up on top like, like you would think of as a dog man. The, the ears were down like they were lower on the head and very different than what I saw. What I saw, which was also seen by half a dozen other people from, um, from the time that I saw mine, I believe was the first sighting of that fall. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the, only, the only other encounter that was anywhere close to mine had happened in June. Uh, or no, July, my bad. So it was in July, around July 4th or something like that, which I got that not too long ago. Very quick encounter with involved some teenagers that were partying, hanging out. And it was, like I said, it was 4th of July, you know, and then th there was like, they saw it and they went behind some bushes and a, and a fence. And then there was nothing until what I saw with my best friend, October 31st. But then there was like one in November and then, then like three in December and then wow. one in January, right at the beginning of January. So, and, and some of those are in my book actually, and I've interviewed these people and it's, they're all from the same area from my hometown. So there was like this, uh, spate of reports, I guess, what would you call it? Like a flap? Yeah. Know? And so they, 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 you know, but if you look at some of those areas, one of the ranchers I interviewed out near Giddings, Texas he introduced me to another guy who had another rancher that was closer to the to uh Washington County and he said that he had seen a dogman looking creature and he didn't say it was a dogman but when i asked him his name's earl but i said earl what is it that you that you saw back in 1977 he goes he goes this thing was like a huge ape like creature in the way that it was on two legs he goes but i'll be damned if it had a wolf's head on it and I said, when he started describing it, I said, that sounds like a werewolf. And he goes, yeah, I know. And I was like, I said, well, your neighbor that's, you know, of course he's 16 miles, you know, to the, to the Southeast of him. I said, your neighbor, you know, down here, you know, up the road, he, he saw something that looks more Bigfoot like, like, you know, um, but it had a muzzle, but they were distinctly different because the one that Earl saw as compared to the one that the the other rancher with his son and his nephew saw, they they saw something that looked like kind of like a muzzle, a short muzzle, Bigfoot like. Other than that, it was, but it had a muzzle. We we would call that a gugwi based on the Algonquin legend. But then what this other guy saw, what Earl saw, was completely different to me. It did not look like that. It was very wolf like. And he said the head, it was, it, it was weird because he said the head looked like it was too small for the body, like the shoulders were way oversized. And it had a head that was big, but the shoulders were just so big that it made the head look small almost. And I said, how big would this head be? He said, probably the size of a bull's, you know, but like a really large bull's head. And he said, dude, it was, and it had really, really sharp, tall ears, which is not something that was reported by the other guy. So these were two different things. Like I said, 16 miles apart. And then you have this whole thing that Bartonelli had going on in Spotsville, Kentucky. Two different creatures running around together, but they were distinctly different. They looked totally different in Barton's opinion 
other than they were furry and they were big, tall, bipedal. They didn't look the same. Now, the thing that I saw in, on October 31st did look a little different than the one that, that uh, Phil Balcar in my book, him and, him and Sean uh, saw. That, that thing looks like it looked like it had a ridge on its back, about the same color, but it wasn't as massive as what I saw. And so you're wondering, like, that's two different things, but it was part of that same flap, you know? And so what, what's going on here? Like, you, why are these creatures looking different, but they're seen in the same area? And then you get, we've gotten so many reports. One of them in Minnesota, um, I remember, I know, Anthony, you remember this, there was a reddish brown creature that was seen running around with a bigger black one. Yeah. And the lady said, if I didn't know any better, I'd think that it, the black one was like a black bear, really enlarged, bred with a gorilla. She's like, if you took a gorilla and spliced it with a black bear. She even said that the muzzle, there was like a short muzzle that was brown on it, but it looked gorilla-like in the head. But it was running around with this orange-looking creature that had a really flat face and normal-looking human teeth, kind of like what you you described. Yeah, and and so what what brings these creatures together? <laughs> you know, like what are they doing? Like what is this? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's like a weird. It doesn't make sense. But you know, so people who are out there looking for just a flesh and blood ape, they're going to be stumped in in a lot of exactly. ways because they're not going to know what they're dealing with. Now exactly. these things can appear as flesh and blood. They can do all kinds of things. Flesh and blood. Uh, I believe they can kill you. Yeah, but you're dealing with something that's not. You know, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. And if you're dealing with a population like, okay, take the Florida skunk ape, for example, that thing looks like some sort of black, uh, to me, the reports that I've gotten, you know, I've gotten about three or four that all kind of match up and it's like a black orangutan. Uh, it, to me, that's what it sounds like. I don't know. And I think it's a very flesh and blood creature, but then... You know, my friend Ken Gerhardt, who's a true aper, like he threw me a curveball the other night and he said that he had gotten a couple of reports of the Florida skunk ape looking distinctly Bigfoot-like and even, you know, having some sort of weird qualities that don't, that don't go along with, you know, the normal Bigfoot reports. Because I was thinking this, the skunk ape phenomena, I think that's definitely something physical. I had talked about that. I think it was Gary Brand that came on the show with, uh, obviously, with, Within the Midst. Yeah, I think so. I think it was him and I. We, he was on the show, like on the live stream. Folks, if you're not listening to the live stream, you're missing out on a lot of great interviews on Fridays. But I, I know that we talked, I think I think it was him and I talked about th that it was a physical thing. Now, what are your thoughts on all these different things running around together? I mean. My thoughts on them, and I've heard a lot of it before, and I've heard people go on go on to the side of the fence on interbreeding. And my thought, just on interbreeding, um, just to put it into perspective, at one time in my life, I was working, uh, I've been a meat cutter for a long time. I was working in the state of New Hampshire. I, won't, I can't say exactly where, but in the state of New Hampshire. And <clears throat> what had happened was, is they, the, the place I was working at, uh, um, it was a small town. They they basically shut down for the fair and everything. And, and so a bunch of us went to the fair. And, uh, um, you, if, if, if you're a, you know, if you're like me, I'm sure you're like me, Josh, you walk around, you're a people person, you're just checking people out, looking around and everything. And, uh, I'll tell you is, is, is all the women look like Daisy Duke. Okay. And, but, but lo and behold, um, 
because of interbreeding, uh, you could tell that there was interbreeding once they started to walk. Severe interbreeding will, will, will do that, uh, 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 deform a person, their bones, or, you know, uh, disable them in some way, which is, which is a shame. But when I take that and I apply that to the, um, uh, the Sabe or the Sasquatch people, um, what if at one point they um, were separated from, because we know their family units are, and I've got reports from friends of mine too, uh, their family unit is like normally two offspring. I never hear of it being three or four or anything like that. One or two offspring. So a family unit of four. And then from there, you've got clans. And I, I strongly believe that those clans mark their territories. But let's just say from for, for some odd reason that they were, say, Civil War, for instance, that they were separated from other clans. Now, the uh, Native Americans, okay, uh, had different, uh, uh, like, the, like the turtle clan, the bear clan, okay? And it would, it would be circles. They could lay out in front of you in circles on, on uh, who you could go and marry, okay? You weren't allowed to marry anybody within your circle because, because that was a, a direct family member. You had to marry like three, four, four circles out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's say something was going on here in the United States where um, they weren't able to breed with other ones of their kind. And it, because of the interbreeding that was going on, we ne- they now have these problems that uh, uh, in their looks, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know if I should really go into the part where you get uh, – uh, a German Shepherd and a Great Dane, it doesn't mean anything because they're both dogs. So, <laughs> you know, that doesn't that doesn't stop anything there. Um, if you look at some of the people that, that say that, like, for instance, the Sasquatch uh, was extremely angry and they, they find a lone set of prints. Well, could it be because it's no longer in the family unit? It reached a certain age where its mom and dad kicked it out. And now it's looking for a mate and you happen to come along and you're a threat to something like that. You know, well, let's face it. That's, you know, it, it could be, you know, and that's why these people are being harmed by them or they're gravitating towards a certain area. That's really um, by another clan that they're not welcome at. You know, we know that that one of the things that happened here in Ohio was that chemical spill that went on. And people in all the groups were talking about, do you think that they're going to be affected by the food? You know, the, the, the Sasquatch would be affected by the food sources and everything. Most definitely. As well, what you want to watch for is you want to watch for all your eyewitness accounts starting to pick up. That'll, t- that'll tell you right there where they're moving to. And sure enough, all their eyewitness accounts started picking up. So what if we got all this interbreeding that's gone that, that that happened 
And that's why we've got so many different kinds. Because we do know uh, that in, in, in the Native American legends, which is really history, uh, they're only really describing, I, I believe, two, two kinds. And uh, one that will not tolerate us at all. And then the other one that is a little bit more forgiven, and that's probably the one I came across, you know. But um, maybe maybe it's just that, Josh. Maybe there there's so much interbreeding going on there that 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 that's what that's what they're doing. And and also, I mean, you look at Native Americans if they if they went to steal some horses off of uh, another uh, uh, nation or whatever, there was going to be some trouble there. So what's to say that maybe they really don't try to steal uh, a, a puppy off of these dogmen, and that's their their battleground right there, the no the no loan zone, as we call it, right there. That's their battlefield. You know, you're not welcome over here because you're stealing my puppies, and you're not welcome over here because you're you're trying to kill our offspring. Could be fight over something like that. Just throwing it out there. It's, it, something to marinate on for a couple of seconds on that interbreeding. I believe it could be going on. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Anthony? I mean, I think anything's possible. Um, mm -hmm. Like we have to keep an open mind to pretty much any idea when it comes to this, because we really, I mean, like we can postulate right. on things all day long, but ultimately we have to admit that we, we really don't know for sure what we're talking about or what we're what we're dealing with here. I mean, exactly. We've heard some really strange things. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, really, we can't throw it throw it away. We have to look at it. But really, the only way we're going to know that is by taking that next step and communicating with with one. You know, we've heard of it in, in historically with with Mary Green and people like that. You know. That they need to take it. Somebody needs to take it to that next level. We're not going to know anything unless we get it right from them. That's the bottom line, unless you can study them. And nobody's going to walk around with them for a thousand miles or 2000 miles. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, you have the story of the leather man in Connecticut, a bonafide, you know, human being that he made his clothes all out of leather. And this guy, would walk this 362-mile loop, I believe, and every 31 or 32 days, he would be back in the same town in Connecticut and then go back out on that loop again. And he did that for over 25 years. You could set your clock to it. Think of how many miles that guy walked in, in a day or in his lifetime. You know, what is that, 70,000 miles? You know, yeah, where was crazy. he eating? Exactly. So until we find, uh, uh, until we our research leads us to accept the fact that we can communicate with them, we're not going to know anything, you know. And, and shooting one and killing it, well, then you'll have the, the proof sitting there. You'll have the DNA sitting there. You'll have you'll know where its brain is located and where its heart is located, but you ain't going to know anything else about it. You'll even know what it had to eat, but you're not going to know anything about the structure of family unit or anything else about it, you know, when they breed their gestation period, you won't know anything. You, somebody needs to make the next step forward and try to, you know, communicate with them and go from there. Otherwise, what are we going to do? You know? Yeah. And I got to be honest, I don't, 
think that that step's ever going to be really successfully taken because I don't right. think that these Bigfoot, Dogman, any of these cryptids are, are, are going to allow anyone to encroach on their territory to that extent. You're right. You're right. They, they, they would rather, you know, I had another opinion that I thought about about a lot of these people that have these farms way out there and uh, they leave food for them. And eventually they, they, they come and they pick up the food. But when they cut the food source off, mm-hmm. they get real, they get real mad. They get angry. Okay. Well, let's face it. If you were paying a bodyguard to, uh, you're giving them, uh, 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 money or food every single week for him and his family. And then all of a sudden you cut the money and the food off. I, I think they, they might get a little mad at you because they're guarding you. What if that's what's going on? What if this Sasquatch or whatever is, actually garden that area that they can live there that's their home as long as they take care of the farmers or whatever they're in that area and maybe that's what's making them angry what if that's going on i had one case that i've heard where this gentleman's grandfather owned a farm and he was feeding them watermelons and when his grandfather passed away this gentleman decided about two weeks later to go up there and spend the night up there at the farm, which he did. But when he got up the next morning, there was two watermelons out on the out on the porch area. And uh, he decided at that point, because he remembered the grandfather telling him the stories and what he was feeding them, he decided to go to the cemetery where his grandfather was buried. And when he got to the cemetery... Um, he went to his grandfather's headstone and the headstone was enveloped like in a, the, the, the whole area where the body would be was enveloped in a, like a wreath, a couple of feet high, all woven from briars. And in the middle, right in front of the headstone was some apples or something. There was some fruit right there as, as a gift. I mean, people say, well, where's the bodies and stuff? They could be doing anything with their dead. We, you know, we just conveniently put ours in a cemetery, you know, but I mean, even an elephant will cover up, you know, one of it, one of its dead and, and, and something like that. So what if, if, if I wanted to keep somebody away from uh, a relative of mine that I, that passed away, that we were out after an apocalypse, let's say, you know, yeah, well, I'm going to probably cover it up with rocks or let's put some briars around it. That ought to stop people from going in there and digging. Now you watch everybody run out and start digging up all the raspberry patches over that one. <laughs> <laughs> watch out for snakes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they like raspberries too, and birds who go get the raspberries. Right, right here in Texas, dewberries as we call them, but they're actually blackberries. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the old timers always call them dewberries. Now, they're Mustang grapes, too, and those vines. Uh-huh. They always got copperheads hanging around underneath them. Yeah. That's <laughs> and what rattlesnakes underneath the freaking yeah. dewberries. Yeah. And a lot of these people are going out there doing these Sasquatch and stuff. They're just wandering around the room. The woods. I'm just wondering why nobody's ever gotten seriously injured. Oh, I'm sure yeah. they have. I know one guy got shot at. Uh, there was a guy here in Texas, and Anthony, you know this. He told he he told us, and Anthony figured out that he, there were purple posts there. 
Yeah. That was right out here, out here right where we're building our house. And this guy's like, yeah, I didn't know about that. And I was like, well, you do now because well, you walked yeah. onto their property and he was doing, he was going squatching. And it was like, yeah, that's not a smart thing to do. You know, another guy, we work out at the gym. We don't really work out with him, but he's there at the same time we are a lot of times. And he told us that the same thing happened. He went out looking, you know, for Sasquatch and uh, somebody took a pot shot at him up in Oklahoma. And I told him, I said, that's about right. You probably... You know, this area down here, you probably shouldn't be, you know, I'd say if you're, if you're in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana, you know, I'd say a lot of the ranchers in New Mexico probably. Yeah. You might want to not do that because. Yeah, it's not smart to go tromping around on rural land. Mm-hmm. They're real serious about it. I was in New Mexico years ago, right outside of Roswell. I was in, uh, oh no, where was I at? Let's see. No, 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 no. I was in Lincoln. It was Lincoln County. It was right there. It was a desolate area. That's where Billy the Kid and everything, they were riding through mm-hmm. there. And uh, I stopped to take a leak, and these two cowboys came right up on the four-wheelers, and they were just mending the fences, you know, and they were like, hey, what's up? And they waved, and one of them had a rifle right there, you know, and I was looking. I was like a three oh eight or something, and I was just like, hey, what's up? And they're like, oh, you're just taking a leak right here. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm on the highway here. I just had to stop and – and they're, they, you know, they were just, they didn't know what I was doing. And I had, you know, they, I see them riding up and I'm like, crap, you know, <laughs> and they pulled up and, and I mean, they could have, you know, if they wanted to, you know, and they were, t- and there would have been nobody else around. It was just me and them, you know, and I just said, Hey man, it's all good. And they were actually pretty friendly. And I said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Texas. I'm driving back through. And, uh, I was coming down from, uh, Col- I think I was in Colorado and I had gone to visit a friend. Um, probably 20 years ago. And it wasn't just me. My brother was, he was asleep in the truck, but, uh, I said, yeah, it's just me and my brother. We're coming back down from Colorado. We cut through to, to visit a friend. And so, yeah, we ended up, uh, talking, but it, you know, it, there's nobody there, nobody out there at all. I mean, and it was evening, you know, and it was like in late October or something like that. It could have easily been, you know, they could have just shot me, you know, and nobody would have ever known. Yeah, that that happens. That happens up around the Appalachian Trails, you know, the, the Green Mountains, places like that. People disappear because maybe they wind up in, in somebody's uh, pot patch, and they're not supposed to. They're yeah. not supposed to. Be, they're not supposed to be there, you know. And they decide they're going to start rolling one. Well, <laughs> good way to get in trouble, particularly when you're way up in in the backwoods. You know, nobody knows you're there. People don't walk in uh, uh, New Hampshire, the state that I used to live in. If you wanted to go up Mount Washington, you had to fill out a whole plan, like you're getting ready to fly an airplane or something, your flight plan, because the the weather could change so drastically. So um, anything can happen when you walk into places like that. I think they're they're a little bit uh, nicer, maybe out where you are, Josh. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I, th- I think that they're nicer in the way that like they're a little more like, hey, how you how you doing? Howdy. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're still pretty quick if you're because I wasn't really on the other side of their fence. And if I was walking through, it might have been a different story, you know, and, and people don't really prowl around like they used to because there's, you know, cameras. People can see their property and they'll come riding out there real fast on a horse or, or on a, on a four wheeler. And uh, I know a lot of old cowboys and that, that'll just shoot first, ask questions later. And I don't know if anybody knows, but a 308 will knock a hole in you the size of Dallas. And so, 
it's going to knock you down real fast. And that's what the, that's what the one guy had. I didn't see the other one, what he had, but I think he might've had a 22, 250 or something like that. But I just remember looking over and kind of going like, oh, these guys got rifles and sidearms. I didn't know what the sidearms were, but uh, I was just like, man, the, you know, they were nice. They were friendly. And I said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not, I just had to pull over. And they were like, no, we're just in the area mending our fences. And, uh, you know, I always ask weird questions and we're out there in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. And I said, have you ever seen anything weird? And the one guy goes, oh yeah, <laughs> but he didn't elaborate. And I didn't, I didn't go, yeah. well, I just finished peeing on your property. Can you tell me about <laughs> yeah, that right. would have been awkward. So I was just like, okay, well, no, they didn't, they didn't offer. So I just said, okay, well, I'm out of here, you know, but, uh, there, there are some, some cases where people have said, you know, I know that somebody went out looking for Sasquatch and they never came back. That doesn't necessarily mean that Sasquatch got them. That's right. It could be somebody else got them. Exactly. Another, another phenomena that we, we haven't touched on is the, is like feral people. Well, you know, you know I was, yeah, that is, that is something else too. Um, but you can usually find them because there's usually a lot of banjo music playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there have been some weird stories, man, about feral yeah. people like being in areas where another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. People have gone looking for Dogman and, and Bigfoot. There was somebody that told me, I mean, you know, and it doesn't take much for somebody to go feral. I mean, I'm not joking. Like, it just you know, a generation or two, they can just, yeah, they can just start living out on their own and they're just used to being out there in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, somebody stumbles upon them and there were some ghost hunters that actually went and explored an abandoned house. And the the, the couple that they ran into was crazy. They told me this was in, in uh, Australia and they, and they ran into some people who were, were near an old mining camp. And it was from some people that I had told their story on the show and then they got back in touch with me. They said, hey, our cousin Gail wants to talk to us. So I talked to her, and then they they gave me this crazy story about this, but I'm going to tell it on the show at some point. But it was it's just like, man, you go over there, you're just going to investigate an old haunted house, and yeah, right. you got deliverance <laughs> coming at yeah, you. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, you never got to see the, the movie The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and you might want to you know, burst yourself on oh, it yeah. where you go, go run around people's uh, old farms, particularly way up in the country. Or Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek, yeah. that show, man, that, that, that guy, Mick Taylor. I mean, that, that was a fictional guy, but he was a composite based on real people. Those guys that were killing people on the outback, serial killers. Same thing with uh, Chainsaw Massacre was based on Ed Gein. Same thing. He was a serial killer. You don't know people. You don't know anybody that, you, who knows, man? Like there's no telling you. Somebody could smile at you all day. You know, like these people that there, there were people that worked with Jeffrey Dahmer every day and didn't know what he was doing. Exactly. John Wayne Gacy. Ted Bund, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. all of them. Yeah, they had no idea that Gacy's running around measuring how tall their grass was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. He was something <laughs> else, man. He was just like he was the manager of a KFC and he pretended to be yes. a clown and yeah, and, you he know, worked for the town. Well, yeah. I, I had somebody recently. This is funny. That, that there was a bumper sticker that said, "Remember, Ted Bundy was a Republican." And I pulled up next to this lady, and I, I don't get political, but I told yeah. her, "I said, and John Wayne Gacy was a Democrat." And she's like, "Excuse me." I said, "John Wayne Gacy was a Democrat." 
I was oh, like, no. Ted Bundy was a Republican. John Wayne Gacy was a Democrat. And both of them were big, staunch supporters of their party. Serial killers come in all shapes and forms, you know. I mean, yeah, the much. most prolific serial killer uh, is an African-American guy, Samuel Little, killed 100 women. He strangled them. And it was the the wife of the lead guitarist of Weezer who was, like, interviewing this guy. And this guy admitted to all this crazy stuff. And he he was doing it all across the country. And it's really, really weird, man, like when you think about how easy it is for these people to slip through the cracks and just go unnoticed. Look now, at Pee Wee Gaskin. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he killed just about everybody, everybody in town except the waitress. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at look at all these. And, and so. You know, I had somebody that was saying something about the Headless Valley. I think it's in Canada. Nahani. Nahani. Nahani, yeah, yeah right. And and they, they were like, how could th that be going on for all those years? I said, how did Ted Bundy kill all those people all those years? That's right. That's I right. Mean, and who goes in there? Yeah. You know, who who the hell goes in there? I mean, you heard me a, a little while last week there that um, the wardens used to have us go in if somebody was lost because they didn't like going in there. You know, and we knew the area very well. So uh, I don't think anybody, somebody shows comes up missing and they're in the Nihani National Forest. You're pretty much, uh, you know, uh, bear poop or something. You know, they're not going to come in and, and find you. They have no idea where to look for you. It's so hard to get in there. You know, so anybody could be running around. A bunch of feral people playing the banjo. Who knows? <laughs> Same thing with uh, Cato Lake. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, like people talk about Lake Cato, you know, whatever. That 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 place in Canada is really creepy. Uh, yeah. I've heard so many weird stories out of that place. There yeah. was a, a creature that somebody had seen. That they gave me a story about it. And I told you, Anthony, I said it looked like that uh, Wendigo from the Marvel comics. Yeah. And if the lady wasn't 66 years old, I would have been like, is this, is this a Marvel comic character? Because I kind of thought it was. And she's like, no, we were in the Nahani National Forest. And she told wow. me point blank. She said it was white and it had a long tail and it had a weird protruding forehead. She said it looked caveman-like, but it had white hair all over it. Not fur, hair. She said it was nude. You could see male genitalia. But she said that this thing had a protruding forehead, long hair, but it had a tail and really weird elongated uh, hands. And they had heard shrieking noises. Like uh, coming from this thing. I'm going to talk about it on the live stream, but it's just one of those weird stories, you know. And she asked me if I what I knew about the Nahani Fort. I told her, I said, I know that it's called the Headless Valley in there. There's a there's a place where you don't want to go. Yeah. No. Yeah. Why push? Why push your luck? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't go in there. Not really. Tell you the truth, I wouldn't go in there. I, I would. There'd be, there'd be no way, not by myself. I'm pretty sure there's something real bad going on in there. Just me, Josh. I hate to sound like, no, sissy, like but <laughs> what about, what about port, port, uh, lock in Alaska? Oh, that one Same too. thing. Yeah, I've talked absolutely. to a lot of people about that. Yeah. There's some areas that are just like, you know, I mean, you know, when I, when I had, uh, Eric Palacios on the show, he, he's an investigative journalist who works for the UT network over here and. Austin, and he's done a documentary, The Beast of Boggy Creek, or Brushy Creek. And the reports that we were going over together, some of these stories that, that I got and he got, and you put them together and you're like, damn, dude. And, and you're talking about the, the, the Flash of Beauty that Jill Remenschneider and Brett, uh, 
What's his name? Eichenberger? Is it Eichenberger? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And and they they are they they did a part two to that. Um, so yeah, that that they're another one like those those guys. They're all doing this work on these these documentaries on these creatures, and I tell you what, man, it, it just it's it it's very telling, and you can't really say. In an area that's populated even, like over here at Brushy Creek's now populated, it wasn't until the last 10 years. But even now, with as populated as it is, people, we're still pulling reports out of that area. And so there's no telling, you know, what could be in your own backyard. I'll say this. You don't have to go far flung, like, to go find something. You, You just look in your own backyard. Linda Godfrey said it on my show. Very good friend of mine. She once said that, that when Tony asked her the question, if somebody wants to start researching, she's like, go start in your own backyard because that, that, and, and you can make these documentaries now and put them on Amazon, you know, like, like, uh, the documentaries that Garitano's made, the, the shows that he's made, the shows that Palacios has made. And now with, with, uh, Brett and, and Jill, I mean, and they've all done really good work. I'm impressed, you know, and now I'm going to try and do it too. In the spring, hopefully it doesn't come out like crap. So far, everything I've done has been okay, but uh, I'm going to try my hand at documentary, and I'm going to be doing that with David Weatherly this coming spring. But we're going to explore the devil's backbone in a few places and different, different, yeah. Because I, you know, David was saying that he turned sixty at my house, which I'm I'm honored to say he was there hanging out with me. We went to dinner on his birthday, and him and his his wife were there, and with my wife, and we were all talking. And we were we were telling stories about the devil's backbone, and he was like, "Wow, I just turned sixty in Josh Turner's house talking about the devil's backbone," and I thought that was pretty cool. So we started talking, and I said, "You know, we ought to do a documentary." So we we I, I talked to Eric about it, and I think we're going to do it, and we're going to you know, and, and but I think it needs to be explored. These reports that we get of like all this weird stuff, and and David said it. He said, "I would put this area." up against any other area, whether it is Skinwalker Ranch or LBL, the LBL, any of these places, you know, there is so much weird stuff going on and you don't know what you can come across. You don't know what could happen. I mean, we talk to these farmers and these ranchers, these rural people, and then you're thinking, you know, I was driving into San Marcos and I was actually with you, Anthony and Tony, and uh, I think we were with, with Scorpio, I think it was Scorpion, it was about five years ago, and we were going through the devil's backbone and I remember saying, you know, well, Scorp- Scorpion said something like, I think he goes, at least it's out in the country, you know? And I said, dude, people see this stuff in town. Yeah. And then we went over to R.H.'s, uh, uh, the rail, what's that place he owns now? The rail, the rail yard. yard. And we were there a few years ago with uh, with Marty, I think when Willie was still alive too. And we were eating and Marty was like, we were talking about that zip code, that 666 and everybody's all, you know, they those college kids wear those shirts and they think it's cool or whatever. Well, this this one girl had told us this story, and she was from the skin, not the skin, the Hernandez Ranch. Uh, her, her friend was Angelica, the one that had the weird encounter that's in my book. And her uncle was Joe. He was the one that had an encounter out near Wimberley. But this this uh, dog man looking creature came right out right down the alley, and I think it was because they had messed with the Ouija board and they tried to summon it. And of course, Angelica, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, she asked the question, what did my uncle see? Well, that Ouija board showed her. But then oh. the one girl went, went unconscious. She passed out. And then after that, something was following her. And it was right there in the alley, right there by the rail yard where our Ashes bar is at. Somebody messaged me the other day and asked me about that. 
And I said, I gave him the coordinates. I said, it's right there. He doesn't care. It's a, you know, go there and have a burger and drink a beer, whatever. But uh, I was like, these things will follow you into town. I, what, I, what I saw was in town. It was not, of course, it's wow. a rural town, you know, and it's, it's you know, but it's yeah. right there in town. I mean, it can happen anywhere. I'm convinced of that. I believe it can happen anywhere. You don't really know, you know, and I mean, you get these yeah, weird reports. Yeah, you don't believe it. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if you didn't believe that there was a, a rabbit in your backyard, you're probably not going to see it when you go out there. Mm-mm. And I think this, you're exactly right. When you, if you don't believe there's one going to be in an alley or, you know, in, in, in town, in a small town or whatever, you're not going to, you're probably not going to see it, you know, but, uh, you're not going to be ready for it. If something well happens, see it too. I tell you this, what, the last thing I, I guess I got to ask you is what, what are your thoughts going forward? I mean, do, do you, you once thought they were flesh and blood. Now you believe that there, that there could be anything or what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, what yeah, I you- believe the same as Ron Moorhead. I believe in the, in the quantum thought on what's going on here. Now it would, it would, uh, um, that, that the evidence is leading towards them being able to use like 30% of their mind. You know, people say, well, if a dolphin can use 20, we can only use 10. And why isn't a dolphin building boats? Well, think about it. You know what? There is a lot of things they can do that we can't do. And there is, you know, it could be, we, I can't throw it out. My thoughts going forward is they're here. Um, according to native legends and stuff, that in the in the final days, we'll just go right down that rabbit hole. That um, Big Brother will come back to dance around the sacred fire one more time, and they will fight this last battle with us between good and evil. And perhaps they're trying to teach us how to use our mind. But when you go up and knock on a door, and then you run away, then what the hell is the, the owner of that house going to be thinking about you? They don't really want to talk to you anymore. Just keep, just stay away. <laughs> You're obviously an idiot. And maybe that's the way they look at us. Like we're idiots. You know, we're, we're below that. You know, so how do you teach somebody that? Obviously they can communicate, you know, the other ones that that's going to be uh, kudos to the, to the people that are going out there looking for dog, man, particularly in the dark. Oh man. I you think technology is a dual edged sword. I think that technology has weakened us. I think it's made us fat and lazy, and I think it's it's really hurt us in a lot of ways. Yeah, we're too dependent. Too dependent, but also it's 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 allowed us to reach people like we wouldn't be able to do the show without technology. So it's like it's a catch twenty two. I, I don't like it, but it's like necessary evil, you know. Yeah, yeah, you got a good point there. Absolutely, I think it kind of leads us away from where we need to be, but then again, it brings us closer. So it's hard to say. I don't like AI. I think it's a terrible thing. <clears throat> but you know the thing about the dolphin thing what you said here I'll say that really quickly they don't need it <laughs> they, they're they're doing whatever they and then there's all this debate I was reading in a magazine the other day I read all these science magazines and they were like well we use more than 10% or whatever and then some of them say we're only using this much and then but yeah. if you look at like a scan they'll show like the brain activity and I'm, yeah. I'm I can't remember which magazine I was reading it might have been Smithsonian or Scientific American but I was reading an article and just a few months ago, and I remember them, it was showing like the part of the brain that, that was responding to all these different types of stimuli. And there are areas of the brain that do not really light up. So that is true. I mean, like, and then they say, no, no, that's not true. We use all of the brain at some point in time, but we're not using it all at one time. That's the thing. 
um, if we were, imagine what you could do because I think one part closes, another part opens type thing. Neural pathways, you know, are, yes, they're very resilient. Yeah. That's why I, I personally, I look at everybody in the eyes when I'm talking to them. I want to mm-hmm. make sure to. I want to make sure the lights are on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very rare nowadays. You can't even get a, a person that you know. You just it's so ridiculous when you're trying to interview, I, dude. I've had people in this yeah. very office because my office is right next to my studio. So they'll come in there and they'll be like, "Yeah, like, uh, like uh, I want a job," and I'm like, yeah. "What's your name?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah. oh, uh, John." I'm like, "You don't even quickly know your name. How am I going to hire you? Like, what? How many gummies are you on right now?" Yeah, all, <laughs> all, all the. Yeah, all the toys jumped out of the toy box. You know, <laughs> yeah. look them in the eye. It's like, is that even? That's not even a question to look at them in the eye. You might as well just nobody's home. You can tell you're scary. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. put, a co- put a collar on them. <laughs> it's like the lights are on, but no one's home. No one's home. Yeah. Dude. Somebody yeah. knocked we, the lights we get a out. Dog or something. house for you out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that would be a good reason for Bigfoot to stay the hell away. I could see that, but uh, yeah, maybe yeah, get a couple Looney Tunes. <laughs> So, folks, that's all the time we got uh, for Paranormal Roundtable. And thank you for coming on, Ernie. Any awesome. final thank thoughts? You. Anthony, you want to close it out? or uh, I just want to thank you, uh, Ernie, for, for sharing all you have to share, for, uh, for sharing your own experiences and your own knowledge. You. And I just really appreciate different perspectives. Um, and I think that it's important that, that, we, that we bring every perspective to the table and yeah. just let people make up their own minds because ultimately – that's all we can do is we can choose we can choose what to believe we might be right we might be wrong fact is i don't think we're ever going to know yeah and getting people to come on and like ernie did to come and tell his encounters and good luck to you in the future ernie and, and stay in touch and is Thanks there a way that if you do you want people to reach out to you or would you rather stay anonymous? i mean not anonymous well, i mean they, they can like i say i i i um i mean um people like you guys yeah absolutely you know um general public, I mean, they're going to have to understand that they're going to have to go through a little vetting process because I'm going to check you out before I ever accept, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, anybody on there. So many people getting hacked and everything. Oh, man. You're going to, you're, I'm going to have to up it where you're going to have to know at least 10 of my contacts and be part psychic. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably a good policy. I'm glad that Matt yeah. introduced us. He, he reached out yeah. to me and said, hey, you know, he goes, you should really reach out to this guy, Ernie. So kudos to Matt Imps. He's got a new show, yeah. folks. It's called Planet 412. Go check him out, too. And uh, he's he's made the rounds, and he's doing what he's supposed to do. He was at my conference, as yes. was Ron Moorhead, as was Barton Nunley, as was pretty much yep. everybody at the everybody. cryptid community. But, uh, yeah. So, folks, thank you for, for tuning in, and uh, good night. <laughs> <laughs>